You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Sid Talk. What? You can call me Johnny Utah for the rest of this <laughs> review. Because <laughs> I make a better Johnny Only Utah. Only during this review or later, you know. Yeah, Utah. Johnny. No, oh, just Johnny. Utah. Oh, Utah. <laughs> no, I can't. No, no, no. That's, anyway, too, that's too close to local for me. The I, like, the I like foreign men. <laughs> the before the after the show discussion was about this movie. So yeah. <laughs> we will... Uh, Let's well, rewind and start a, again. It was just about this Let's movie. start with the comment that you made immediately after it was over. You're, you, sometimes you clap and sometimes you go... Oh, you know, oh, or like, that, that oh, was, you, you that just was said, pretty bad. that was a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing else. It was like this. Oh, well, well, anyway, let's get into, let's do the intro. So, and bad movie is subjective. Don't get us wrong. We can't think for you. It is Saturday. Well, it isn't, but it will be. Saturday, April the 9th, after the show number 422. I actually got the number wrong last week because I didn't change it on the sheet, so sorry about that. Or 422. This one's correct, 422. The movie we're looking at this week is Point Break, not the old version, the new version from 2015. It's a 2015 movie. It's released on Blu-ray on the 29th of March, so you can pick it up now. It's rated PG-13, and it's from our friends at Warner Brothers. Um, give us the synopsis of Point Break. No. <laughs> the synopsis of Point Break is it's a remake of the original Point Break. Loosely. A loose remake of But the... that doesn't tell him anything. Okay, it's a story about a bunch of dudes who think they want to save the planet yes. by being criminals and doing this made-up thing that it's also, uh, you know, sort of extreme uh, physical... Endurance and skill thing, like extreme sports. What is it? The Osaka Grandma (laughs) 14, 8. That's a Cheapity reference. (laughs) If anyone listens to Cheapity. They kept saying saying what it was, and I was like, oh, is that a real thing? Probably. Probably No, the the 8, and I don't know what it's called. The Big 8? I don't know. But there is a thing of the highest mountains in the world that there's a set yeah, there of is. them. That yeah, that lady I, on Everest exactly. has done it. Yeah. And I think that would be that, where right. they're trying to go with that. that right, the people so, who, yeah. so let me start. i got a lot to say about this movie. Uh, first off, let's say, what's your relationship with the original movie Point Break? My relationship with it? Yeah, well, what's we your... had a good thing going for a while, but then I got a little lazy and we broke up. No, I don't know. It was exciting. Different than you saw it I'd at seen. the time. Yeah, I didn't see it at the theater, but I probably saw it later, like that HBO or something. Um... I remember watching it multiple times yeah, because there was this, I bought into what Swayze was saying. Yeah, it was fun. Ever well. so slightly. But even at that age, it was 1991, I need two, so I would have been just in college still. Even at that age, I understood. I mean, I was 18, 19, 20 years old, but still, you can't pick one or the other. You can't be the hippy-dippy motherfucker who wants to just go out and, like, ride the waves all the time while exploiting the system that's in place for everybody else. And you can't be the guy who just wants everybody to be a robot and follow every single rule. Like, you can't be one or the other. And that's what I remember. And it was exciting. And it was like, oh, if I Action was an agent. Action sequences were really well It was. Done. It was yeah. different than what you've seen. But I bought into both of the ideas. And the guy struggling between having to choose a life in a suit and a desk and 
blah, 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 versus this guy who has decided to, from this movie, the Today one, kind of make his own path. So I got it. And I remember it being exciting. And if it came on HBO, I remember even being like, because, <gasps> you know, when, okay, when you were a kid back in the day, it doesn't happen anymore, probably. HBO was all we had that wasn't, and I was, you know, later. And we I, didn't have it in England. You would just sit there and be like, please be something good. Please be something good. Please be something good. And you wait for all the little commercials. And then all of a sudden, the HBO, dun dun dun, feature presentation. And then it was like, oh, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, so I yeah. liked it. And I watched it in the theaters when it came out. And I remember thinking, I've not seen an action movie quite as good as this. I'd seen, like, I thought. Lethal Weapon was a good action movie, but it was more of a comedy. But this was like a serious... But the same kind of guts, though. But the same kind of, like... There was always something going on. I bonded with the two people. Even the, even the guy who's supposed to be the bad guy. You kind of mm-hmm. root for him a little bit. It was a cool premise, and it was well-filmed. The action sequences were... I just wanted to see them again. They were so go- cool. Okay, so let's move on to 2015. Compare that Point to Break. today. So this is what I said for this this version of Point Break. I didn't really have any hopes for it or anything because I was like, you know, I, I don't love the original movie. I can take it or leave it. I'm not like a massive fan of it. I'm not, it's not a mega fan of that right. movie. So this movie, I was like, okay, they're remaking a lot of movies recently. Point Break happens to be one they're remaking. I don't really care that, at all. Like, But you probably came up with this. It was pretty good as it was, and if you use today's technology, yeah, it might be take the same idea with global warming combined, because you would think... You know, these days, hippy-dippy surfer guys probably will have something to do with, you know, global warming. I mean, I just assume that anyway. So, so what I'm going to start with is the good points of this movie. Because it isn't a total... And then you're going to break. So the, so what I said to you, uh, the good points of this movie are any parts of this movie where nobody is acting it. Like, so this movie, what it basically is, in my opinion, is a string of action, extreme stunts, X-Games type sequences with a really, really crappy, underwhelming plot that kind of ties them together, but only just, like, they're hanging off the edges of this plot that's not very good, right? Because here's the plot, roughly. These dudes think they're doing something good for the environment. By doing these extreme things. But is it? And they've got a list of extreme things they're trying to do, like eight, eight things, and they're going down. That the don't list. make sense. No, they, they, there's a lot that doesn't make sense. But go back what to is, the good. Go what is the good is the action sequences are extremely well filmed. And I said to you, it feels like you're watching. You know, when you go to an IMAX theater, not not nowadays because they'll show you Star Wars or something. But back in the day, they used to show. Like, here's, skydiving a, here's a demonstration of how cool IMAX is. So, here's somebody skydiving. Here's a bird flying. That, and it was even before uh, web... What's it called? Yeah, it was, yeah. Before you could put a camera right on but your it was chest still and awesome get high definite... Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, so, you, you felt there were times I leaned back and There I were times forward. where you got vertigo. Like, you went over yeah. the edge of a cliff and you were like, oh. So, this movie has all that. It would be cool in IMAX to see these sequences. Because that's... <laughs> Minus... Because that's how they feel. Like there's a wingsuit sequence. There's a um, motocross sequence that's cool at the rock beginning. Rock climbing. Rock climbing. Um, there's a parachuting. There's the now the surfing couldn't have been real. So there's surfing too. So there's all these extreme sequences. Some of them good. 
some of them extremely good. The wingsuit sequence is not a CG sequence. It's really people wingsuiting. It looks very dangerous. There's a part where they almost hit the ground where I was like, wow, this surely this is CG, but it isn't. All that is awesome. I, I appreciate that. But that could also have just been, here's the extreme sports movie documentary with yeah. those sequences in it. And forget the That would have been better. Yeah, it would have been better. So all that stuff, while it's really cool and awesome, it doesn't make up for the movie. The plot, the acting, all those things are bad. This is my number one complaint. It has absolutely no... Heart. No heart, exactly. Mm. There's no emotion other than... You don't care about Like a anything? badly written comic book emotion where you get one shot. There's one point where somebody dies and somebody else is hanging on to them. And there is literally about five seconds of this still shot, looking down, yeah, it's done, terrible. we're moving on. Actually, um... Not that I care how they feel, but it just was like, oh, wait, doesn't this doesn't make any tie. sense. This is a tie to um, the original Point Break. It stars Keanu Reeves. And recently we watched John Wick, which is a total comic booky type thing. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just him shooting people, right? The <laughs> entire movie. But... That whole movie had more emotion than any yeah, second of this movie. Yeah, there's something about that one that... Like, you felt for this guy, you understand it all, everything. It was it was simple, the plot, but you understood the motivations and you felt for everybody in it. In this, it's been, what, an hour? And I, I'm... <laughs> Over they're it. fading already, the people. I mean, the people. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. like, okay, there was a girl, yeah, and there was... Oh, don't get me started on the And there were two guys who looked kind of the same, so sometimes I was like, I don't know which one's which. (laughs) Until one of them dies, and then you're like, oh, that was that one. one, (laughs) Did you have that same thing? Yes. When they both came on the screen, I was like, oh. The only one, the icy blue guy eyes, then he was different. That's going to be confusing for me, because they look the same. (laughs) And they've always got helmets and shit on, so I don't know. And goggles. and so, So there's, yeah. I think it's unfortunate that the cast... Has to carry what is truly at the heart of this very badly written. Now we've watched thousands of movies together. We've watched probably ten over ten thousand movies, right, in our life, and TV shows, and com- read comic books, and books, and all kinds of stuff. So you start fine tuning how you understand how a story goes, and when when someone's intentionally writes dialogue that's kind of stinging and kind of weird, like Quentin Tarantino. If it has a whole package around it, you can kind of buy into it. Because it's it like, an enhan- like a hype yes. or, or world. Or if you watch yeah. Ron Burgundy, you know, it's got dialogue that you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, are you but do-? it makes sense. It's got its thing. This is a movie that is supposed to have dialogue that, first of all, gets you motivated to care about the main guy. So he's supposed to have told you his story in a way that makes you feel like, oh, I get it, dude. You're in your 20s, maybe 30s, and you're not quite sure what to do with your life. You've had this tragedy thing with your extreme sports. Now instantly we see you in the FBI, but there's got to be something going on, right? I'm thinking, okay, we're going to get some dialogue of this guy telling his story, or but none of that. You get nothing. There's no dialogue throughout the entire movie that does anything it's like a and this is nothing bad against 14 year olds who want to write movies i'm sure there are some very deep-minded ones but when you're 14 you don't you don't have the bigger scope right it might be what a very young person would write because there are sentences that i was i even shook my head i thought you would notice i was like i shook my head the there f- was some dialogue Ray Winstone between... has the lamest 
fucking part of a movie I have seen in a very long time. Like, so lame, it made me annoyed that I was sitting there watching it. Was it. All, it was just as bad as the Indiana Jones one. Not just as bad, worse, way yeah. worse. It I mean, was terrible. what I mean is it, it was, was embarrassing. Just it was nothing to it. That like. deleted scene was super embarrassing. I was just like, what? and actually, um, Ray Winstone's character talking about him um, in the original, it's Gary Busey, and it, it, he's kind of a fun character. It, it's it's kind of oddball and it's weird, and it, there's more to it. There's more to him. Only thing there is to Ray Winstone's character in this movie is they gave him the same name as uh, the the Gary Busey which I didn't remember character, which I did remember. So I was like, okay, that's Gary Busey. So his entire purpose for this movie is he is the same name guy, and all he does is Johnny Utah. He drives Johnny Utah. He's a taxi driver for Johnny Utah. <laughs> yeah. And secondly, he's he bitches at Johnny Utah. Yeah. Oh, what are you doing? And he smokes uh, where he's not supposed to. Yeah, be but smoking. I mean, he bitches at him. He's like the um. Hey, Johnny Utah, have you finished the mission? Uh, well, no, I've got to go in a bit deeper and maybe I can solve it. Well, you're costing the FBI this money, yeah. so you need and to I'm come back. I'm too young for this. Yeah, and uh, let me have a smoke. So, and it's, it's really useless. Like, there's no point to it. Nope. There's, a, there's a scene in the deleted scenes that's terrible, actually. But, it's really awful. Um, it feels like it might have been more Ray Winstone and they got rid of it, like, which is good, actually. I, I'm a fan of him. I like him. I know you are, but tone. I think you're misguided. Because if you watch enough movies, you'll realize he's way overrated. And he unfortunately got mixed up in a movie here that's he already looked, You know what he looked that. like to me? He looked completely unhappy. Mm-hmm. And he looked like he was just getting a paycheck. And he was just there. Like, looked that's, to me like he'd been drinking. Yeah, I mean, I mean for, for that, like, why am I in this shit? Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like to me. Um, but the other thing, when you say about like cringy, but we don't know. cringy dialogue, there's one scene, and that I went, oh god, what, what are they saying? <laughs> and it was on the boat at the beginning. I don't identify. You remember at the beginning they go on the cru- the boat, the cool boat, the, with the shitty pie. That oh looks my fake. god, so weird. And then Bodie, not Bodie, Johnny Utah walks up and he meets that girl. Yeah. And then he says some shit to that girl, and I was like, who talks like this? <laughs> they, were, they were like, whatever she said, like some hippy dippy shit. <laughs> and then he said something, and I was like, oh, it's like the, you know, the scene from Titanic, the, the awesome scene where they stand at the front of the boat and they have a kind of a romantic thing. It's like that, but shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like that <laughs> but it's that it's supposed to be that oh here she is she's lovely and then they dive in the water for no reason it's all and then miraculously it's very well lit under the water yeah. and she knows exactly where to go to go also it they're just like in the real middle water. of the ocean did it remember yeah it did oh, I it looked like divers under the water but it was nighttime and it was fully lit and she went under this little cave and back up and they actually just ended up there accidentally because of this giant wave so there's no no way it's that kind of stuff that I know it's nitpicky. And if the movie is really good, those things do not start grabbing at you, do they? They Like the little, you know the what, little weird shit. You know what makes me really laugh about that, that whole area too? And in most Hollywood movies, any Hollywood movie, they had Steve Aoki, who's like a famous house DJ. And they had him as the DJ in this big thing. And they because, had another- well, here's another thing that's really lame. This super unbelievably wealthy guy from some country... Somebody is the one giving them all their money to do yeah, all their and, things, and, and whenever and so you see him, and he's super indulgent, so he has this famous DJ on his. Yeah, boat. So, and whenever you see him on screen, somebody has to go, "Hey, he's so rich, that man over there. <laughs> yeah, he could fund a country." <laughs> hey, everybody, like, and he says, "Everybody love my party." Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like 
But what Ugh. what I was getting at is in Hollywood movies, these kind of movies especially, those Hollywood those parties, that house music party with with young people dancing, it's so lame. It's like the lamest. They're just like. Yeah, it's, and if you look, if you watch the extras, uh, the people who was just told to stand back there and dance and wait, wait you know, waggle your ass or whatever, <laughs> they look so like it doesn't look like anybody having a good time. No, it just looks like. So this movie it um, also reminded me of Fast and the Furious. It's almost like this could be like Fast and the Furious. They're cheesy as shit, aren't they? We we know. I'm a fan of the Fast you and love the Furious. Them. Yeah, they're super cheesy though. Like, but they know they're super cheesy, and that's what they go for. This was trying. I don't to s- know. You're trying to make excuses now, like no, Fast I mean, and the it's Furious. It's really dumb, Fast and the Furious, and they know it's dumb. Like, like they're they not had- trying to make a dumb movie, though. No, not dumb, but like. But you're excusing it because you think not they realistic. Know. It's not supposed to be like the the rocks firing a chain gun at a helicopter and the the things falling down. You know, it's crazy. It's like over the top. There's cars flying through the air. There's people stood on cars while they're flying. This Point Break tries to do all that stunty stuff. But seriously, like... Well, the stunts are separate from the dialogue, But it though. takes it all seriously, like... Even the dialogue. Everything's taken seriously. No, that's two separate things. If the stunts are really serious and really good, that's fine. I'm I don't saying care. Fast and the Furious is, takes, doesn't take itself too seriously the majority of the time. It's always, like, tongue-in-cheek. Here's a one Yeah, but line. I think they're really dumb, and you don't, and they don't think they're dumb. I think they're dumb. No, so I it's think, a, they it's think very, they're dumb. No, they don't think they're dumb, or they wouldn't keep making them. Not no, I mean, dumb like I, mean, I that, do. That's how they want it to be. I think they're equally as dumb as this, and you don't. No, but so this is this is trying to be serious, dialogue-wise. There's never a joke. This is not a joke. There's nobody cracks a joke. There's no one line or anything like it is serious. Like everybody's serious all the time. I don't feel like Fast and the Furious makes fun of itself. It does. They, they have the the character. Um, yeah, but know, those, are, those are added funny on. things. Yeah, like, but that doesn't. But I mean, it's it it winks and nods at the audience. Look, we're we're. we're mm. That's your interpretation. We're, we're jumping a car out of a building. It's a ridiculous stunt. Nobody could ever do it. But we're doing it because it looks cool. We're, do- we're diving out of aircraft. Yeah, but the stunts are separate. No, I'm saying the characters are, set, are, are having a laugh at it. They're, it's funny. Like, they'll be sat inside the car as it's jumping. Yeah, but going, Transporter's ah. not funny. It has some weird stunts and shit. Yeah, well, what I mean is, like, this is like a want- wannabe Fast and the Furious movie. It's trying to go over, the, you know, like, the, the most ridiculous stunts possible. But never and that's once fine. winking at the camera. Yeah, but doesn't saying, they don't need to wink? Because if you want to be really serious, but it's worse. yeah, but you could be really serious and make these crazy stunts. Mission Impossible also doesn't have a lot of humor. It has its little. Well, it does now, doesn't it? Yeah. Simon Pegg. But yeah. I mean, it's not really that. It's not that overriding. You're supposed to take. It has a personality of because it. of that, though. It's got a grounded in reality that you have to sort of buy into because of the reality of it. And this could do that too with the stunts mixed with. Good, serious, hardcore, hardcore everything. Violence, sex, blood, everything. It needed to be. I mean, this, to also, uh, this is a PG Right, it needed to be a rated R. So the original that it became was really R. hardcore. Right. And it became. It doesn't have to be super hardcore. I just mean it needs to commit. Right now, it's just. Meh. Even the parts where, like, there's a part, like a big shootout with machine guns. Yeah. There's no blood no involved. It's just blood. people falling over. And, and I, thought, get... I thought you'd notice, too, that a lot of people fall. Yeah, oh yeah. Off of very high heights. Well, yeah, exactly. This movie's about falling, basically. I mean... It, it, it's not about falling, but I'm just saying, like, that seems to be the answer to solving a lot of the scenes is just to have somebody fall. But the problem with the acting is... Um, <laughs> Only one problem? 
you won't know probably any well you might you'll know Ray Winstone and the guys the FBI guy you'll know those two you'll recognize them everybody else you won't recognize there's why is that a problem that's I've not finished this. oh so you won't recognize any of the other people so I don't know um you know first off they're bad they're bad like the the girl is bad she's she cannot act in my opinion in this movie at least whatever she's given it is really badly delivered what she says and the two dudes who look the same and you said this is a they're, they're not english right they're from venezuela um i can't understand what they say sometimes None of them. and i'm pretty good at like european accents but there's a lot of mumbling between these well, two. Well, the things. looping as well. And I'm this talk- looping, looping drives me bananas. And I'm the- convinced every scene... There were scenes where you're like, you're just sitting in a room. Why is this looped? At the beginning. And they don't match. Right at the-, the very beginning. When looping it first is started. when they've done dialogue and they've filmed it. And then later they ADI. have to go back in the studio and they have to say their lines again. Record them over. And then they lay it over the top. So... At the very beginning of the movie, when they first started talking, the very opening scene, and they were doing the motocross thing, and the the voice sounded like it was not right. No. I thought there was something wrong with the soundtrack. I was like, have I got the wrong soundtrack Yep, it sounded like that a lot. And then the next scene came on, and I was like, wow, that sounds like the FBI guy who's talking, the that guy, the bald guy. It sounds like he's in a, a chamber, like a booth. Yep. Like doing this podcast. And like, the guy was in that room. So they kept the dialogue... Yeah. From the guy sitting in the room, and yeah. then they had the other it's guy. It's weird. Recorded. There's a lot of that. It's throughout very this movie. bad. Very yeah. bad. Um, and luckily, when the action scenes happen, not many people speak to each other, so you don't have to deal with it. But... Oh, but they yell across at each other whole lines of dialogue that seemingly matter that no nobody would hear. There's no way I'm sitting on this peak over here. I'm standing over here, and thirty yards away, you're on another mountain peak over there and I just holler something it's, at you oh my god and it's also a really <laughs> odd movie in terms of uh, the story it doesn't make like a ton of sense a lot of the time it's no. like okay <laughs> I understand the basic principle like you're going to try and like okay first off they rob a plane there's a lot of money in a plane like like enough I don't know which money it was was it million dollars on each, on each thing don't know. They, no so, way more than a million so first off it doesn't make any sense. Here's their idea. That one of the lines, one of the explanations is, we all take from the earth and you can't take without giving back. Okay. So one of their heists is to a bunch of money, two pallets worth of money that's been created at the United Mint. States Mint is now on a plane going somewhere. Where? They infiltrate it. I don't know. Why is it over Mexico? Why is it over Mexico? It's going somewhere. <laughs> it's going? <laughs> it's oh, you know what somewhere. it is? Uh, you know where it's going? Uh, Paris needed a load of U.S. dollars. Oh, right, from right, right. <laughs> right. So they went down they and went going around. Yeah. So, or it's drug money. I don't know. I don't even but understand they what they drop the money. They cut it loose. Hold on, hold fly. on, hold on. Before you get to that, I don't understand how a plane with money from the U.S. mint has no guards. Has no guards. First off, and secondly. It's given them enough time to hide in the floorboards of it. It literally has only a pilot and a go-pilot. <laughs> and they're hidden That's in the it. floorboards. Just... No, they were in a box. No, they were. They, no, they, they were lifted in a the crate, thing. weren't they? No, they lifted the floor. That's right. So, like in the cargo. In bay. the mint, they got in the mint. They got in the plane. They got. No, under the plane wouldn't have been in the mint. Wherever the plane was. There. Let's say it was in the secure airport because it's the it's transporting the most secure money. But then they put. How no did guards they get in there? <laughs> There was no guards, nothing. Just nothing. a camera. Like, see, 
<laughs> yeah, that was the one thing. I was like, oh, why is there no men with guns like stood around it? Why is it not in a glass case or something to a bulletproof case? So their idea is they then cut it loose, they cut it free, drop it out of the plane. First of all, those pallets are going to fall and kill somebody. Second of all, the money's just flying everywhere. Now, my question instantly was, how does that help any? Those people will grab a few... Um, few hundred dollars of American money and they'll buy some shit or whatever. What are you accomplishing and how's that related to this big goal that you have of like your extreme sports? I personally see it I mean as, it literally um, makes no sense. I see it as a uh, littering offense and they need a fine $80 <laughs> fine. <laughs> All over Mexico. I mean I can take a leap with the best of the movies. Trust me. I'm a Star Trek fan. All of Star Trek all of the shows all of the movies and therefore I have taken many many pokes and yeah, tried to plug lots of holes at my bubble of disbelief but it's all the same to me if i'm watching somebody telling me a story then i have to be in that world be convinced of the physics and the laws of the physics of that world and the laws of the species that i'm watching whatever it is it could be animation it could be a documentary it could be anything i have to I have to get there and it has to tell me the whole of it right and make sense now avant-garde is different surrealism is different that needs to be explained that this is, you know, I, I get it. There's two separate things. I like art. I get it. But some things are never going to make sense. And that's cool, too. This is not one of those movies. It's supposed to make sense. It's supposed to be. We are tired of the earth getting raped by humanity and we want to do something about it. That's a fair enough plot right there. And that if you want to say, fuck everybody, that means we're going to go stealing money and shooting pilot policemen, and that's part of our story. That's part of who we are. We've accepted it. A few people are going to have to die. But these guys don't ever own up to that. That is what bugs me. I don't get the connection. If what they're doing links directly to saving the Earth. or doing, But they're not even. They're not doing anything to save the Earth. Well, the other stunt, like I said, it's going to take more resources to clean up their mess. So whoever wrote it, I'm not saying that inside the world of the of the characters that I have to sit down with one of them and say to me, have you thought this through? I need to talk to the writer people. Are they just idiots? Because they can't be, right? They've made a movie. Well, but um, I've tried at every break during this movie, every, like, here's the action sequence and here's the explanation, here's an action sequence and here's the explanation, blah, blah, blah. I tried every time to go, okay, okay, okay. So, <laughs> so I'm going to get a nice, bigger deep, meaningful explanations, or they're all going to tie together and nothing ever happened. And to be fair, that um, airplane sequence with the money, it looked It looked really amazing. Cool. Yeah. I would have loved to have just seen the extra of that happening. I'm saying it looked, it, it, as a visual thing, money falling, a, a block of money just splitting up and in the sky. And we don't get any consequences. We don't see the end result of that except a few people in Mexico. Grabbing some money, but there's no, like, here I'm going to explain the enormity of this task that we've just done and the impact that we think it's going to have. All that stuff now. You may say I'm overthinking it. And this the other is what one, happens when you're bored. You start overthinking a movie. And the tribute to the Point Break, original Point Break, it shows you them doing the diamond robbery and then dispensing the diamonds to the poor people, to just giving them to the Again, people. Again, how does that solve anything? Well, you see that on a security monitor for about... Five seconds. And let's just look at it this way. You've just taken all these uncut diamonds, and now you've thrown them into the streets with all these poor people of this country. Now, that poor person goes to somebody to sell that diamond. Do you really think 
that's a safe thing for that poor person to walk into a store or walk up to the police and say, look, I have this diamond I found. Is that person going to benefit? No, it's jacked up because it's like whoever wrote this needs to write it fully. Like you said, they need to commit to having it a complete fantasy world where it's just kind of really out there. Yeah, you know, like crazy. Like- 500 years in the future or something where you can explain away all these weird oddities. But it, it's bugging me. The more I think about it, the more but I don't um, like it. it. Like I say, it just feels like these action sequences, which are great, strung together with the shitty movie. I said to you, this is how it feels yeah. like to me. And I think this is a good explanation. This movie has nothing to do with Luke Besson. He's not a producer. <laughs> He's not the director. So don't, don't drag him down, but, but it's, a good, it's a good analogy. Luke, Mas- Luke Besson makes a lot of a European action movies. He might not direct them. He often funds them. There's lots of them. He does lots of them. Uh, I'll, you know, One of them is The Transporter. Think of the movie The Transporter, the original one. It's very good. Loved it. So this movie feels like Luke Besson was writing this thing down on a, on a back of a napkin in the restaurant or whatever. <laughs> and he's like... Drunk. This is cool. Drunk. Uh, a remake of Point Break. Oh, we could have... Instead, of, we could have extreme sports. They're all cool these days. Skydivers, BMXs, all that stuff. Skateboarding. There's a deleted scene with skateboarding in this movie. Which was so bad. <laughs> oh, my um, God. It's so extreme Oh, my God. But Luke Besson's writing all this shit down, and then he, he, he gets to the end of his meal. He's with one of his other producer friends, and he goes, <laughs> this is garbage, and he throws it in the bin. And then somebody comes along. The waiter. Yeah, the waiter. <laughs> he, picked, he goes, oh, Luke Besson's bin. Let's have a look what's in there. Oh, this must... This is like a movie that he was going to make. I'm going to make this movie now. And then it's shit. Because it, it's like a <laughs> third-hand idea. Like, you know, it's, it's just shit. But it feels Luke Bassoni. But it's not quite as good like as Like a that. wannabe. Yeah. Like, here's another Luke Besson movie. Lucy. Remember Lucy? It goes right out there. Right? Mm-hmm. It's action-packed. It's an interesting concept. It's bananas. It's out there. It's Luke Besson. The fifth element. It's Luke bananas. Besson. Yeah, he's really good at... The professional. Like, yeah, it's hard to... But, and this movie feels It doesn't like make that. them good, don't get us wrong, because you may not... That may not be your sensibility, but there is a package deal that you get when someone commits to their style, to their story, to the way they tell their story, to the quality of the performances. If I watch, a, if I watch Sharknado right now, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be disappointed. I've heard enough, yeah, I understand. If I watch Ted 2, I'm not going to be disappointed, except in myself, that I spent two fucking hours watching Ted 2. I'm just saying, I get it. When you... I don't... The... Along the way of someone making an entire movie that costs over $100 million... Yep. Nobody sits you down as an individual and says, look, this movie has no thing. Soul. Like, even your bad guys <laughs> have no soul. They're truly in it. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. Even if you had committed in the first five minutes that these guys are truly only out for their own shits and giggles, right? And they're committed to just their own... If they die doing it, that's cool. Screw everybody. I don't care about anything. I just want the experience and then I'm going to die young, whatever. Then I could at least get behind that. There are moments... There are two moments where two of these people die. (laughs) That Spoiler just, alert. It's, it's just like nothing ever nothing happened. Like there's no, no emotional no. nothing. It's I said like, oh that the guy with the beard died. And they caught a thing on fire and I said, <laughs> it looks like they were crazily prepared for this. I think they were they illegally cremating that guy or was he uh, not involved yeah, in Yeah, like the burn? he didn't like like <laughs> Arthur from East Enders. It just never happened. Whatever. 
And don't get me started on the hippy dippy shit. There were definitely there were definitely deaths in this movie that are supposed to be emotional. The the rock climbing one especially that you would go. Whatever. That guy who said three things. I don't give a shit. Like he never <laughs> or said. Or her. No. Again, spoiler. No, her as well. Yeah. No. Let's no. rewind to the beginning of this. In fact, that would be the most emotional one, right? Because you're supposed to have bonded with her. Like he has. You're supposed to be like, oh, but she's cool. But no, I, cool. I really kind of hated her. So, I mean, I kind of hated that she's like this caricature of a hippy dippy. Yes. Person. Like, yes. she's so glamorous, but she's also loves the earth. She's got this weird fucking tattoo around her neck that I just wanted to cut off. I mean, I don't know what it was about. And wasn't the actress, actually. We've seen her before. She's fine, mm. but she's been given too much, uh, what's, the, what's it called? Slack in the rope mm. to be. What I think it is, the director, the writer, and all the other dudes standing around are getting hard on because she's gorgeous and she's acting all hippy-dippy and she's moving in this, like, she has this sort of, like, wave about her constantly. She looks a little dirty and grimy like she's been sleeping on the floor for three years. And they're all like, ugh. It's she, like she went to Burning Man, looked at one part. of those people, one of those real hippy-dippy girls and went, oh yeah, I'll be that one. I'll be that. Yeah, that one. That one that moves around like, and oh, is a bit how, dirty. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't work. Now... I'm not a huge hippy dippy fan anyway, but when it works, when I'm when I get it and the person everything goes with it, I'm fine. But this was like, caricature is a good way to put it. They're all caricatures of a thing. However, a caricature also has a lot of character. Like it's bold and it's big and you can like kind of wrap your head around it. Vin Diesel in Fast and the Furious is a caricature of some dickhead who thinks he can just punch everybody and defend his yeah, family. Yeah, some and tough his honor. Italian guy. Right. It fits, and it's got a lot of stuff behind it. I'm not a huge fan. I'm just saying it all kind of it makes sense. There's, yeah. He backs it up. But these guys, yeah, the rock or the extreme guys, none of them have any personality at all. Nothing. In fact, there's a scene where they stood on the top of a mountain. Did you want to just go flick, flick, you know, flick? Yeah, you know where the jeep, where the, they're on the top of the mountain. And, like, this movie does this a lot, too. They'll be sitting around talking, around a campfire. They're having this hippy-dippy talk. The next thing, they're on top of a mountain. And you're like, okay, why are they on top of a mountain now? <laughs> yeah. How did we get And then they're looking over the edge and go, let's do it. And you're like... Why are we doing this? What, what? Which one is this? Is this one of those things? There on was the one really weird time frame one that I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like, How do we get? Like, is it? I, I was like, is this one of those things on the board that they showed you in the FBI thing, or is this just fun? This one. Also, I don't get it. It takes a lot of preparation to do each of the things they do, and I have no concept of they don't time. Seem... I'm thinking he's been with them for months now because he's hardened to them. He's yeah. One guy beat the shit out of him. They've got all this gear. They've done all these amazing things, and. But then all of a sudden we're in the FBI office again, and the guy says to him, Winstone says to him, "You've been with him for two weeks, yeah, son." He does and say I'm that, like, yeah. two two weeks. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. How the hell? I think it, I think <gasps> they'd done three major things at that point. Three major. Each of things those things would require a would, lot of preparation. But these guys don't do that. They just. I think by listening to this, people get the idea. We did. These like guys walk to the top of the mountain, and then they in like two minutes. They say something about. Like, we're going to reclaim the something or do the thing. <laughs> and then they just jump off. That's the wing thing. Yeah. Which accomplishes nothing. 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 Like, what, what if, does it accomplish? You, you, there were like If birds? jumping off the thing, in the process of doing that, you were able to, like, do what something. What did that one accomplish? Nothing. It, was it one just of gave them list. the spiritualness of flying like a bird. They ended up down at the bottom of the mountain with that hippie-dippy chick. Yeah, who just did. happened to magically uh, be there. And then they had a picnic. First, she was out <laughs> on the boat. Yeah. 
Now she's in this little cabin in the side of a rock with Squatter. smoke coming up. It was kind of like Lord of the Rings. And she's climbing up the outside of her yeah, rock what? out. Oh, my God. You know why? Because, you know what? Because if I she, smoked dope, No, I would because think, she has to be so extreme all the time, right? Even when she's Yeah, but it's like, it's, oh, it's only as tall as our house. It's not, I could have rock climbed up that rock. But I think it was to show you for later how capable she is. Because you could mistake her yeah, for someone else. She's not very capable when it comes down to it. Oh my god. It's funny that you talk more about a movie that is not high quality than about movies we love. Because you know, when I love a movie, I want the person to watch it and just experience it. When I really don't like it, it's all this stuff bubbles up that it just seems like... Like I was going to say, if I did smoke dope, which I never have, this would be one of those movies that might get better. I, I don't know if... I was thinking... Uh, like when I was saying earlier that none of this cast we you particularly know or care about because they're not actually that good. There's also really bad delivery of lines and bad. I don't know if that's down to that. I was no. thinking. I don't know if that's fair. If this had stars in it, like the ones that we all know and love, would it be better? Because they put more into it and I make don't think you care about. I don't them. think that's fair. No, because... I'm saying I'm saying this question would would you know? All right, let's say Bodie and um, Doyle. No, that's the professionals. Bodie and Utah were... Let's say it was Keanu Reeves and... Yeah, but why do you think famous people are more no, committed? No, I'm, I'm just saying. Let's say it I was... I know where you're getting at. I don't think it's fair. No, I'm saying would that improve it? Or why? Is it, is it... No, I'm saying would that improve it or is this just bad anyway? I know, but why do you think that would improve it? Because... Keanu because Reeves is really shitty most of the time. Let's not say Keanu Reeves then. Let's say, let's say some really good actors. Let's say Leonardo DiCaprio and... Um, How do we know these people aren't that good? They're just giving really bad shit to yeah, say. Yeah, I'm saying it. Uh, that's, that's, actually, that's my whole question. Right, but is, you're saying they're bad. No. I'm saying, is it a bad script? Yes. Or... Definitively. If you give the same script to maybe more skilled actors, would it come across better? No. What would happen is, it would get rewritten, possibly... So that might give, improve. Not because of the actors... If you give it to a better writer. I think that you give it to the people in your cast. And they can only do what they can do. And I don't think it's fair to say, well, these people aren't famous. Therefore, that's probably why they're shitty. I think part of it is... No, these people are un- famous in their own country. Right, but you're also unknown. There's a lot of dynamics on a set. And if somebody's crappy and the director thinks they're fine, then that's fine. I don't think that everybody in Lord of the Rings is very good. And yet... I think that Peter Jackson's very easily pleased, you know, whereas Quentin Tarantino is like a hard ass about exactly how he wants his people to be. It doesn't make them good, but it makes it his, you know, you know that they've given like a, their guts as a performer, you know what I mean? Like they're really in it. um, That's because he'll stand there 50 times in a row and make them do it. But we've watched um, TV shows recently that have like Daredevil. You didn't Uh, know him either. I'll give you a, a prime example. Daredevil had exceptional acting for, like, what it is. There was scenes in that that were emotional, and I actually was understood. Because it's well-written. Right. Also, well-acted. I know, but it's well-written so that when the person comes to do it, they have something... Like, if we think this movie has no heart, then the person reading the script will also understand that it has no heart. And they have dialogue that are... Each scene is segmented in this little, like, this is an action sequence, and here you're going to yell something at somebody because you're wearing a helmet and you're about to jump off a mountain. And here, we're going to have you on a boat with a big party going on, and we just want you to knock out these lines of dialogue. It's not about 
you know. It makes me wonder when, like, Ray Winstone gets sent a script like Point Break. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's a big fan of the original Point Break, so it drew him to it. I don't but think so. When he reads on the page, like, this is what you're going to be doing. You're going to be bitching at that guy and you're going to be... Um, Doesn't know sm- what it says. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> just saying that these are the scenes. The, the scenes that you're involved in in this movie are you're going to be um, driving a guy to his mission. You're going to be waiting for a guy coming off his mission. You're going to be in a FBI room talking about a mission. And that is it. Like, I don't think that's how it goes down. It's like this. Here's your guy you're playing... He's an FBI guy, but he's older. He's been through it all. He's had some tragedy in, in the past and in the script. I'm saying as an intelligent man when he reads it and goes, okay. But that's not it, how it's presented. Okay, right? no, I'm not saying that's how it's presented. I'm saying when he sits at home and reads it and, go, and gets to the end of his... I don't think he did. And goes, okay, what it boils down to is me driving in a car. That's what I'm saying. That's talking not how in, it... Talking in a room and... Uh, I don't think that's how he sees it. Or people don't see it that way. They see it as, I'm going to be this person... And my story and my arc and all that shit is going to be this. They don't see it as the individual bits. The problem is, if I mean, it's that's not written I'd, for it, I'd be like, I know, okay. but you're not a performer. No, I'm saying, if somebody said to me, uh, do you want to be in Point Break? Yes. Okay, here's, your, here's, your, here's the script. I'd be looking at what I'm doing in it. And then I'd be going, hold on, I'm not actually doing anything out in this movie. I know, but you're supposed to look at it as the character, not as what you're doing. I, I understand that too, and I would look at it as a character and go, this character's really boring, yeah, there's nothing it's to not, it. It's not though, because he, we have deleted scenes where he supposedly spills his guts about a thing that he did that was pretty traumatic, but he's so shitty that it didn't matter, that's why they cut it out. He's supposed to be this worn down, tired, whatever, that's what he'll be thinking of. And because the dialogue and stuff so bad... I mean, that, that would raise alarm bells with me as an intelligent human being, and especially an actor who's acted in so many things. When I was reading this script, I must be thinking, mm, just money on this movie. I'm of just going to get paid big money. And That's I don't it. think he's that high quality anyway, so I don't think it matters. Um, so let's move on to the cast. Um, and I just put down the four main people. Edgar Ramirez plays Bodie, and, you know, he's... Can Keanu he's... Reeves is... Um, Patrick Swayze was Bodhi. I mean, what I was going to say is Keanu Reeves isn't known as the greatest actor either, is he? No. And he was in Point Break, and he, he just does his thing, doesn't he? And, and in John Wick, it happened to work, his thing. And so in The Matrix, Correct. it happened to work. Um, and then this guy, who plays the Patrick Swayze guy, Edgar Ramirez, he's, he's, there's no charisma to him. Like. No. So even, like, even if I say, I think he was not very good at acting... And you say, well, no, you know, he might, might have been all right. I didn't say that. I'm saying the, what they have to say and how they're directed makes a huge impact on how But he was just form. like, he was so like, just one dimensional, just like, hey. I think he was trying not to be, though. He was one of the few that was trying to have some of that deep darkness or whatever that these guys are supposed I, to have. I never felt it at all. But I don't think it was brought out because everything else around him was shitty. I would like to see him in something else to give him another chance. And Luke Bracey, who I called during the movie, uh, discount Heath Ledger. Which isn't fair either, because we don't know how good he really I is. I felt was, like, terrible. I, like, there were times when I was wincing when he was talking, like, going, oh, man, did nobody say that that was a bad that thing That is the problem, not yeah. him. Well, I, I, I leave it down. Did, did, no. some, did somebody say that was a bad take and let you do it again? No, probably not. Like you just... Then that's the problem. Because if I do something at work and I make a mistake and nobody tells me, and I think it's fine, then I, 
I have no reason to make it better. But if someone tells me 50 times in a row, nope, that's wrong, do it again, do it again, do it again, and on the 50th time, I've nailed it, then that's a collaborative thing. And this guy... It's made me better. This guy is the star of the movie. He's the main, main character. There's a scene at the beginning where a big stunt goes wrong and his friend dies. <laughs> Spoiler. I felt nothing. Nothing. I felt nothing. And I even... Then it goes, oh, 12 seven years. Seven years later. Seven years later and he's sat there. No, seven years later he's all of a sudden he's an FBI agent. He's an FBI agent and he looks sad. And then we get an explanation very, very quickly that after that incident seven years ago, he got his GED, which means he had dropped out of school previously and then he got his GED. He went to law school, completed yeah. law school, yeah. and now is joining up the FBI. And he looked like he'd been sad that entire time because he was like mopey. And hadn't cut his hair, just combed it back. Which I'm not completely. So no, I wasn't into Luke Bracey. I've never seen him in anything before. I um I would like to give him a chance too, because I think there's a nugget there, but he's given such bad stuff. Now I like Ray Winstone in certain things that I've said to you. I think he's terrible in some things, uh Indiana Jones being one of them, Fool's Gold being another one. I think he's terrible in those movies. I think he got lucky in all the others. And then I think he's amazing. There's there's one movie which I always forget its name. The one with the Warzone. The War Zone. Ugh. It's an amazing... And Nil by Mouth is another one where he, he plays an asshole in both of the movies. But he is... It's harrowing to watch him. But the thing is, you have to watch really He's close. also a lot younger at You have time. to be very careful and watch a person's performance. Are you bringing something to it that isn't there? And if he's just a brooding, mumbling, stumbling menacing guy as soon as he puts on this sort of like that's not really acting and I think he got lucky just like Keanu Reeves has gotten lucky with a few of the roles that he's gotten that fit how he thinks acting is or whatever I'm just I'm not sold on Ray Winstone at all so it's gonna take some other movie Ray Winstone was also pretty good I thought in London Boulevard that was another one I liked him in with uh, Colin Farrell remember that one Mm. He was the bad guy in that. I liked him in that too. Find he like has a little niche kind of thing. This that means he's not acting very good, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit like it. Ben Kingsley, aside from um, <laughs> aside from Gandhi, which is very different. But if you see Ben Kingsley in a lot of things, he's got this nichey thing that he kind of fits into well. It's kind of funny, charming, but also an, kind of intimidating a little bit. And that's what Winstone does in this. It's like he fell asleep during during his. No, part. I think it's like he's been drinking as soon as he hits the state. As he's definitely, he hits the he's definitely. That I'm deleted, not accusing him of anything. That deleted can... scene, he looked like he was drunk. I don't know if he was playing it, playing drunk, like he was supposed to be a bit drunk. I don't know. And it could be. I'm not being inflammatory. I'm just saying he seemed completely disconnected. Yeah, and Teresa Palmer played Samsara. Samsara. <laughs> And what does that mean? Wanderer. <laughs> and you're pretending to be the most obvious mm. nomad type of chick. Samsara. And she doesn't bother me necessarily. Again, I'm going to keep saying this over and over. It's a badly written, badly conceived, not a good story, all of it. And these people, it's their job to present it to us. I'd like to see her in something else. Because this is, like you said, they've peeled off the caricature of what hippy-dippy yeah. However, she's not just hippy dippy, right? She can handle a gun. She can ride a motorbike. She can climb rocks. She's, she's extreme like hippy dippy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we're gonna put that saggy fucking hat on her. That crocheted piece of shit that I just want to take off of everybody's head and wring it in the in a bowl of acid. It drives me bananas. She's not given much. The only time she gets to do anything is when she's explaining her, you know, her little story. 
for a glimpse of a moment, I was like, okay, the story's lame, but she, I kind of get where she's coming from. She has been raised kind of weird, and so I get it. But I still... I never, um, there's like a bit of a romance between... Romance? Her. You know what? Um, it's funny, right? Because you, there's supposed to be emotional resonance in that, mm-hmm. in that romance, because when it comes down to it, you're supposed to go, oh my God, no, really. But all I thought was she's sleeping with all of these guys, surely. Or <laughs> she has fine. Or she has at some point. Or it's fine, and that's fine. Yeah, but like nobody's really attached to her. She's the wanderer. She just she's a free spirit. Nobody like I just felt like And that, if he's so. fallen in love with her, that's his own problem. Yeah. <laughs> Chump. Like uh. So so there was never a oh my no. I, that didn't happen for me. I so it's just, like we'll go back to Fast and the Furious here. His sister, who ends up with Paul Walker, she is a bit more protected he's been keeping an eye on her she's not she doesn't get like horn dogs all around her i mean they come at her but he's been stopping them so when paul walker falls for her and then we get to see i'm not defending the movies don't get me wrong but you feel like that's a that makes more sense because he's actually proven himself he's proven himself to fall in love with her and then you care i even care by the very end about their relationship. And also comparing this to the masterpiece Fast and the Furious. <laughs> um, We're in a really bad way here. There's a char- I am using the best. There's a character in the Fast and the Furious 6 or 7 called Giselle. Who you only know for a little bit. Oh, yeah. And then something happens and you actually like are sad. Yes. And, like, it, and, it, and there's not much to it. This, I was not sad. I know. I was just like... That's just how it goes in this movie, it seems. People fall off. Then again, I didn't care about Michelle Rodriguez. So I guess I got a mixture there, but... So this was directed by um, Erickson Kaur. And he was the director of photography on the original Daredevil movie, talking of Daredevil earlier. And he also did one movie called Invincible. And it was a Mark Wahlberg American football movie. I didn't see it. It's an uplifting kind of Disney-ish, one of those, you know, real life thing. Um, the directing of this movie is like a pop video. An, an extreme sports video, a skateboarding video. It's And then it comes down to nothing. No. A camera. I mean, it's great. The action sequences mm-hmm. are very well done. I, I, I can't... If you Even if you rented this movie or whatever to watch this, if you just skip to those chapters where these action scenes go, never on, I think you'd enjoy recommend skipping no. anything I do ever. recommend skipping the story of this movie. <laughs> So somebody needs to make... I could make a, a version of it. You could do, you could like do a cut of this movie with just the action, couldn't you? And uh, it would be enjoyable. Because the action is enjoyable. Like It's it's a funny thing. You could you could make a cut of this movie where it ends up the Brody guy. You're just following him on a journey of these things. And then the boat rides off into the You could the, do a cut of this movie wave. without any acting or words. Correct. Just, just you know... And be like, oh, that dude's on a journey of extreme earthly stuff, and then it gobbles him up. Yeah. Nice, very nice. <laughs> that is true. Uh, that's is the action sequences. Is that's how, what it boils down to. They're really good and they're really cool and they're really fun to look at, especially the money one and the the wingsuit one. But everything else is not good at all. Like no. it's not good. So um, extras in this Blu-ray, there is. <laughs> these making of it even no. the extras are bad <laughs> and they are aren't they there's, there's four making of featurettes that actually for the first minute of them it's just the same thing four times yep and then when it does get into the making of it it lasts for about 25 seconds 
It says, hey, we climbed up this thing. The only thing was, the one that was good, not good, sorry, the only one that gave me any information was it showed the guy who actually climbed the... A real free climber. Free climber, which is like effed up. Yeah, and people do it. I would watch a two-hour documentary of a guy wanting to train to be that and do that and accomplish that without any falling or any tragedy or anything. Just like somebody who wears a GoPro and gets trained by that guy and follow the process of why, why, why are you motivated? And the other ones, you could tell they were snowboarding down like extreme things. And, and I would watch that all day long the because opening I think that's sequence. fascinating. The opening sequence to Mission Impossible 2, where um, yeah. <laughs> where Tom Cruise is free climbing. And it's really cool looking. That's what free climbing looks like in real life. And I know Tom Cruise probably didn't free climb, but it looks like he is. This real this guy. This real guy does that. He goes in the most dangerous places and doesn't use a rope. It's insane. Um, <laughs> That's I, fascinating. Yeah, it really is. And because they, I would like him to discuss it. Like, when you were 10 years old... Were you like the crazy child who climbed up on the roof? Were you, what motivates you now? You understand obviously something about life and death because you know that one slip of one finger and that's it. Everyone's going to be mourning you tomorrow. I would love to hear more about that. But that is that's why. the only thing. That's the only nugget out of the whole experience of this movie that I was like, oh, that's interesting. But that's why all the action parts look good because they use real extreme people, like the people who do wingsuit in people who they, motorbike. Those yeah. are good scenes, yeah. Um, so the extras are there's these four making of things that last about a minute each, and then there's these deleted scenes, and the deleted mm. scenes are crap. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not trying to be super. Is negative. there anything good in them deleted scenes? There might be. Was he an action sequence? Oh no, there was that horrible skateboarding yeah. action sequence. They added skateboarding to this movie at one point, then then cut it out. But uh, wow, it's Plus so what bad. What was the point of that? No, I don't. I think he was. I don't know what he was doing. Was he trying? To, I thought he was just trying to feel something. Like mm. I'm trying to get. But he was. You're reaching. You know when you're watching this movie and they're doing really extreme sports. Let me just say this deleted scene. This guy is skateboarding in a car park. <laughs> It's really boring. Down. <laughs> yeah. Down it's it's about as unextreme as you can get. <laughs> he's touching the ground. He's like, hey, I'm going wrong. And he's down. busting out people's windows and they just keep on going. Nobody stops. It don't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> you should cut that think, back into You know what? We should watch a, a movie like this about every couple months because it's very stimulating. It gets my heart racing. Really good movies kind of make me... Like, oh, Well, you do. Like you, you enjoy a good like, movie like Trumbo, it's right? It's so satisfying. And then you don't want to tell people too much about it because you don't want to ruin it. Because I'm them. still processing it. I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. I've learned something about the humanity. Maybe I've thought about the person who sat down and wrote that dialogue, or the person who had to set up that room because it was a really cool set. I mean, I I see it as a whole package deal. You know, storytelling is a human endeavor that we just keep changing it. But at the heart of it, I'm a movie watcher, not necessarily a book reader or Anything like that. So I like to think of the whole thing. And I just... It's internal. When it's unsatisfying and like a joke (laughs) that this project comes together. A waste of resources. A waste of some people who had to be very talented to get it all done. And yet at the end, I would have to drink a six pack of beer and be like, I don't give a shit. And be like on my internet while it's on over there. And just go, oh yeah, oh that's cool, look at that. And then turn away while they're talking and then look at it again when they're jumping off a mountain. So those are the extras, those two items. <laughs> That's it. Oh, there's also trailers, which is not extras. 
Um, so in conclusion, this is a, this is actually a bad movie. It will be in my worst movies of the year, I'm sure. It's subjective. Someone else might love it. Yeah, I've just I've actually talked to two people just now who I know have seen this, but I don't get their opinion because I I've not seen it yet. So I just spoke to two people, different people, and they both said one said they turned it off after an hour and didn't actually watch the end of it, and the other one just hated it. So. And recommend that guy that you watched because he was exactly right and he was the really flick good. Flick pick on YouTube. Flick pick is it F I? Flick pick F L I C K pick because he's called John Flickinger. Okay, so, so flick pick flick. on YouTube. Yeah. Flick pick because he actually I'm I'm usually don't care. And about he's a reviews. massive fan of uh, huge fan of the original and I know whatever even you can just listen to what he said but I normally don't listen to reviews or read them because I don't give a shit which is ironic because that's what we're doing. But he absolutely, and with a great enthusiasm, <laughs> really said exactly. He summed it up really good. So, flick pick on YouTube. Yeah, he doesn't rate them from 1 to 10. He rates them like... Like, <laughs> like a, a grading. Yeah, like a grading, and he gave it... Don't tell him. Then go watch it. Yeah. I thought it was funny. It was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So, thank you to Warner Brothers. It's a... Thanks, I, Warner Brothers, but try harder next time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, does the people who send us these watch them all? I don't think so. They have on there, watch all these movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I do. I imagine being in the movie industry and having to promote something that you have seen and it was a flop. And you, and you know, I don't even, you, I don't like it. I predict this will make a lot of money on DVD uh, yeah, and Blu-ray. Yeah. Because we're talking about how crappy it is. I'm going to guess that Ten people are going to watch it just because we say how crappy it is. And they just have to see, see it for themselves. Crappy, yeah. Right. Now, maybe ten, maybe a thousand. Who knows? But you put but, a movie like this on Netflix and people tune in and watch it. Absolutely. And some people are going to love it. They're going to get stoned. They're going to be drinking beer and eating pizza. And they're going to be like, dude, look at that guy on that bike. And it doesn't matter that the story is crappy. It just a guy you know um, who likes... Well, that. he wouldn't like it. I mean, he'd watch that ten. part. Yeah, he'd be bored. You don't think he would like all the no. extreme sports? Yeah, but not the story. He'd say they're lame. Everybody has really awful tattoos in this movie, too. Like, tattoos that look shit. Uh, I don't agree with that. On the necks. Hers the... just bugged me because yeah, it's so her... pretentious. Even the two guys who look the same had weird tattoos on them. That guy kept taking his shirt off to show us his tattoos. I was like, put your shirt back on. I don't want to see those shitty tattoos. Oh, I like tattoos. Yeah. I like the ones that are coming. I mean, I like some tattoos, but these ones just looked like... Somebody drew them on. Intended. Well, they did. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but not. Plus, in a... remember, he would have been really young. You have to put the whole story together. Yeah. So, um, if you want to enter a contest, go to iSchoolie.com. Next week's. Are you Blu-ray... giving away this one? No. <laughs> next week's Blu-ray review will be The Walk, which is based on the true story. We'll be looking at that next week. And movie recommendations. I am going on the theme of Point Break. I'm going to recommend the original Point Break, which is an actually a good amazing action movie that you will enjoy start to finish there's characters that are good there's some good acting there's some fun parts with Gary Busey it's it now you're not saying it's like high on the list of quality movies of all time or anything no it's It's just just a fun action movie and comparatively with a good story there's a relativity thing going on here (laughs) that if you watch them both you're like whoa yeah so go and watch the original Point Break and the original Point Break was um, directed by Catherine Bigelow who also went on to do The Hurt Locker which is another awesome action movie it's a more thoughtful movie than Point Break but it is full of cool action sequences 
So my recommendations are Point Break and The Hurt Locker. My recommendations are going with the 2016 plot plan or whatever I'm doing to go through all the movies I've ever seen that I've been able to keep track of. And this, I'm still in the A's, which I probably will be till Christmas time. But this week we've hit Aladdin. Aladdin's good. Good animated. And that includes all of them. them. I don't think I saw the little half one or whatever. Alan Partridge. Was that a movie? It's a TV show. No, they made a movie of it. Right. It's also a TV Alpha show. Alpha Papa, it was called. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. And yeah. um, funny. There's a really funny Weird. scene where he comes out of a but window that doesn't and make his it pants good. fall off. <laughs> right. Again, this is one of those movies. It's not super high quality. It takes a certain sensitivity to that kind of humor. It's really Just because uh, I, I enjoy it doesn't make it as good. So keep that in mind. Um, Albino Alligator, which I don't even know what that is. but I, I think that has Matt Dillon in it. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I don't remember what it was like. Alexander? Ugh. If you want to go through another hour... Actually, funny enough, there's two cuts of Alexander. The original one we saw, and then later they did a director's cut, which was much better, but not You know why it was better? Because it was less of it. No, it was longer. It was three hours instead of Uh, two. I don't think it was good either way. I didn't like it. It was called the director's cut, but I remember us watching it and going, oh yeah, that actually improved on the original, even though... It didn't make I'm it. I'm not sure about that. And the other one is Alfred Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Not a movie, but TV That's series. I've seen almost all of them. I also This is from my IMDb list. So if I've seen an entire series, which I have, I will mark it down as being watched. And Alfred Hitchcock, along with Twilight Zone, not in the A's, but it's like one of those marathoning things that I cannot stop myself sometimes. And I just will go hour after hour after hour after hour and just be like, what is this next weird thing that you're thinking of, you know? You talk about drama. I mean, over-dramatizing things and weird visions of the future and all kinds of stuff. High quality, I think, Alfred Hitchcock presents. So, um, games and A-Scully stuff this week. After um, reviewing Star Wars The Force Awakens last week... Lucasfilm and Disney yesterday, um, out of the blue, uh, launched the trailer for Rogue One, which is the next Star Wars movie. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I expected a teaser trailer because that's what they said the day before. Teaser trailer for Rogue One will be on Good Morning America tomorrow morning. So I thought, well, it's going to be like The Force Awakens. There's not going to be much to this trailer. It's going to be a little bit of music, maybe a couple of panning shots, and then they'll say Rogue One coming soon. But it's more of a proper trailer, I thought. It's a two-minute long trailer. We've seen it. I've seen it probably eight times so far. (laughs) You've seen it twice. Um, And what Rogue One is, it's this this Christmas's Star Wars movie. And it is the story of the rebels who stole the Death Star plans that enabled Luke Skywalker to be able to throw that uh, photon torpedo down that port to blow it up. So it takes place before A New Hope just before A New Hope. And it's the story of these rebels who go on this secret mission to steal these plans. A mission that we know how it ended up, but we don't know what happened during the mission. So it introduces a lot of new characters to us, one of them being a female hero who's in the trailer. Uh, what did you think of the trailer yourself? Looks like um, I'd be interested. Looks like a Star Wars movie. It's like Star Wars mixed with Mad Max, a little bit. It yeah. kind of cranks up the uh, intensity of how bad the Empire is. You know what it looks like to me? And that this is a thought I had watching it the last time we just watched it. Is we watch these movies, you know, 
Star Wars movies. And it's called Star Wars. And I feel this movie here, this new Rogue One, it looks like a war movie. It actually, the wars in Star Wars, it looks like it... it there's a scene with the Atats. Uh, not, you know, you've only seen the Atats in Hoth, in the snow. But these are not in the snow. And there's a battle going on, a proper battle. That looks like, a, you know, a scene from a, a Saving Private Ryan or something. There's people running. Yeah. It looks like Star Wars is happening. There's a war. And it looks gritty. It definitely has that 1970s kind of vibe to it. Like, it it doesn't seem like the new movies. Um, I love how it looks. I love it when she says, um, I'm a rebel. I rebel. I really... Oh, you know, this you're supposed re- to be a rebellion. They're coming down on her because she seems too out of control. She's kind like, of this is, isn't this a rebellion? I rebel. So, yeah, I, I really like what Disney are doing with Star Wars. I mean, I said to you, it's just a wonderful... If you're a Star Wars fan, the whole thing of Lucas selling this to Disney and everybody being worried about Disney might mishandle all this... It doesn't seem it's going that way. It seems like it's just going the best way it could possibly go for us fans. So, Star Wars Rogue One. You can see the trailer. It's on YouTube. Go and have a look. And my other thing is, um, I just wanted to promote this little, this game. Uh, a guy contacted me this week and he said, uh, do you want a code for one of my... It's a new game that he's got on the Google Play Store and the iOS Store on Apple. And it's called Machines at War 3. And... What I really, the reason, I don't, I get these requests all the time. Do you want a free game? And you can talk about it on the podcast. And I usually go, nah, you're all right. But what I liked about this one was the guy said, and we've been playing a lot of tablet games recently, or at least I have. And I get annoyed with this pay to play and it's free to play, but it's not really free because you need to buy some of this currency. Kind of gets annoying after a while and just, it hampers your enjoyment of the game if you don't want to pay any money. Well, this game he's made, and it got chosen as Apple Apple Store of the Week game this week. So it's had a lot of high profile. But it's just a guy, one guy who makes a game. And it's an RTS game like StarCraft. It's called uh, Machines at War 3. The game is $6.99 on the Google Play Store or the uh, iOS Store. And there are no in-app purchases. You pay $6.99 and it's a full campaign what a novel idea yeah and i've been playing it and it it's like a starcraft warcraft i mean overhead rts type game it's really polished it's really fun and it never ever says hey you need to spend a dollar now if you want to carry on playing you buy the game 6.99 you just keep playing it forever it's and he's going to add new stuff to it Hmm, that's how games used to work it is but not for that price that's a cheap price for if you like an rts game it looks really good on the tablet. It's got good graphics. It's Machines at War 3. You can pick it up now. Uh, so that is it for my stuff this week. So Sid Talk, what is for dinner? Jimmy John's. And no, they don't pay us to say that. It's just this wife gets really lazy. I've already baked a bunch of cakes today to make a dessert for tomorrow. And do I really want to cook anything? I mean, I've got beans and we've got some veggie burger stuff. Jimmy John's, I'm really hyped But Jimmy for. John's is like get in the car, drive two miles, drive through... Although I was annoyed this week when they, <laughs> about one out they of did ten make times, up for it yeah, but about one out of ten times they mess up something. Now, when I order my veggie sandwich, sandwiches, we have the same thing every time. Yes, the two veggies. Yours is light on the avocado. Mine's light on the avocado, or easy as they like to say, easy on the onions, easy on the hot pepper, 
leave the bread in, cut them in half. Cut them in half is negotiable. I don't care about that. But there are times when you tell them and they don't do it. One day last week, I was ordering. Get up to the thing, give him my card. He gives it back. He goes, oh, I charged you for the wrong order, ma'am. And I was like, okay. And I handed him back my card. He goes, no, that's okay. It was less than your order, so it's fine. And I was like, is that fine with everybody? <laughs> like, I don't... And they give me my receipt. Yeah. So until I look at my bank account... You don't know. So there's one thing. Then ordered our sandwiches, made it very clear what we needed. Your sandwich has zero lettuce and like... Like zero lettuce. Hardly anything else. And it two, was really lame. This, this was the veggie sandwich. <laughs> it was two pieces of tomato, two pieces of cucumber, and a piece of cheese. That was it. <laughs> two pieces of cheese, because they spread yeah, it that's out. The whole, yeah, that's it, though. I mean... And some avocado and mayo. That was your sandwich. Well, there was no lettuce, so it was like... It just seemed... And uh, when, you're selling, buying a, when you're buying a veggie sandwich... Correct. It doesn't have much on it to start Like with. when I go to Subway, and they now know, you know, that they know me, because I've been to the mall so many times, I'm getting all veggie, and they just automatically kind of give you a little bit more, you Cause, know? Because you're not I'm buying any much. meat, I don't get yeah. any cheese on yours, and so that kind of stuff, that's just us being super picky, but I will go there again. Jimmy John's is awesome, don't get me wrong, I love it. Um, they have the best bread. It's just the uh, one week I ordered it from at work. There's one right up the street, and they deliver to our building like three times a day. So I get it there a lot. One week, it was so gross. It was like the lettuce had been in the bottom of the tub for like three days and got all mushy. I called him. I bet within ten minutes the guy came with a replacement, and he had three other bags with him. And I'm like, I bet you had to bring three other sandwiches because that was so gross. So, you know, I'm one of those people. I don't immediately reject a place because of mistakes because. Mistakes happen. But after a while, it accumulates. So we'll see. Maybe next week there'll be no more Jimmy John's. But for now, it's the easy option. All right. So so, uh, what is your advice before we leave? Never. Well, I shouldn't say never, but don't resist change. I know know particularly one person who might not love change in their life uh, who's listening to this. Well, maybe you, but also her. Mm. <laughs> you don't mm. like change. But you're adve- you're both adventurous in your own ways, but you're afraid or uncomfortable. Change is like a, like a wave with the unknown coming at you, right? And the thing is, if you fight it, you're going to lose. Because the whole of all the universe, of everything that is known to us, it's all change all the time. Nothing is stagnant. Nothing stays the same. Everything's in motion. Everything rots and dies and lives. I'll change all the time. I'll change all the time. And if that means that, like last week when I ended up going in our spare bedroom and just started painting yellow on the wall and then I drew some pictures on the wall, your face right now tells it all. You're just like, I don't like it. Not just because you don't like the yellow, but the difference is like, if I came in here one day and rearranged all these pictures, you'd just be like, what, what, what happened? What happened? It would take you a month to get used to it. I was raised in a family where my mother would say to me on a Saturday afternoon when I was 10 years old, hey, let's rearrange the living room. You decide where everything goes and let's clean everything really good and then put the pictures in different places and move the TV over in the corner and put the couch by the window. Let's just rearrange everything all the time. Let's rearrange the cabinets in the kitchen. I'm sick of the plates being over here. Let's put them over here. It was like this perpetual state of flexibility and when you fight it now i'm i'm all for consistency in some things like if i go to jimmy john's or i go to subway or i come home to you there are certain things i like to have in place over and over and over again so i'm not like a po i'm not like 100 percent chaos person 
But I do understand that I have to be prepared every second of every You're day. You're not samsara. I'm <laughs> not samsara. <laughs> wanderer. Um, I probably would be a wanderer, mm. to be honest, if I thought I could deal with the lack of comfort along the way. But samsara. I feel like she probably didn't smell very good, and I have a patchouli thing about oil. smelling that. <clears throat> oh, patchouli oil I like. Hey. Oh, I'd spray myself with patchouli it every day. smells like squatters. It doesn't. You just you're <clears throat> brainwashed into thinking that. Patchouli smells great. I think squatters smell like that. Yeah, but that's not a bad smell. You're just brainwashed into associating it with something else. And you, you have to admit that, because that's the truth. I just think she smells natural, and I don't like natural <laughs> on a body. Unless you've been working out, or in the garden, or... You know, something. But um, that's my thing is don't, you know, you can resist change all you want. And if you isolate yourself in your life and you live alone and so your house is the way you want it and the atmosphere is the way you want it and your schedule is exactly right because you don't let anything abnormal ever happen. So that when something does happen in the outside of the world or in it penetrates into your world, it's like you can't cope because you're not used to it. You know, you get toughened up. Your immune system to life gets built up by shit going wrong and going different and crooked and different viruses and ideas and weird things. By virus, I don't mean the actual virus. I mean, like, me painting the bedroom to you is like a virus that's attacked your eyes and your sensibility for that room that's looked the same for 10 fucking years. So it's time for a change. It's been in the same arrangement because I know you, and now I don't care about that so much, so I'm going to do what I want. The I, I just get, shut the door whenever The hallway is going to be painted as well. I think finish the hallway. But um, because, you know, being alive equals change. And so things that change make me feel more alive. And it can be scary, and it can be frustrating, it can be annoying if the wrong things change. But then you just bitch about it on your podcast about your sandwich not having any lettuce and you just get over it and you move on and you go order another sandwich and hope for the best see what happens all right well said <laughs> good advice so let me I think so. let me remind you about our website sayschoolie.com and sidsaw.com you can catch us on twitter and facebook nothing ever changes on twitter and facebook we're always there you can always catch us or this podcast on the itunes music store uh, the RSS feed, just go to aschoolie.com slash podcast. You can subscribe or just listen to it on the page if you like. You can also catch this. No, you can email me at aschoolie at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. And I want to say, stay classy. <laughs> Sir Patrick of Swedes. Oh. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Is He's that... rolling in his grave, actually, at this movie. You reckon? Yeah, he, he saw it at a late night <laughs> showing wherever he is. Don't poke fun at a dead and Then guy. he got back in his grave and rolled over. <laughs> and I'm going to say think for yourself, because if you don't do it, I promise you someone is doing it for you right now. <laughs>